Remember that scene in Fight Club where Edward Norton narrates all the IKEA products in his apartment, and as they appear in midair, they have the text of the IKEA catalog floating over them? Sometimes I feel like that's how I see my apartment, too, except it's not IKEA catalog text, it's Amazon star ratings. It's so hard to buy anything anymore without puzzling over user reviews and videos and questions and answers, and for me at least, especially, that like fractional fifth star that's going to tell me if this pack of dish rags I'm buying is going to be a delight or the bane of my existence. Well, as of today, I know someone who obsesses over this stuff more than me, and more than just about everybody. Rachel Rothman is the chief technologist at the Good Housekeeping Institute, which has been testing products for over 100 years. On today's show, she tells us about how one becomes a tester and how it's affected her life, which apparently includes putting tape over the names of most of the products in her apartment. I'm Kevin Dupsick, and this is How Your World Works. So for today's show, I've got Katie McDonald with me, and we decided to invite a friend down to the studio. We have Rachel Rothman here. She's chief technologist with the Good Housekeeping Institute, which is on probably the coolest floor in the Hearst Tower. Yeah, so we like to think of it as this little hidden gem that we're trying to get the word out for. Uh, There is a team of engineers and scientists um, who are testing products so that you don't have to up there. Yeah, and... Also the coolest because Katie and I once went up there and were invited just to eat Super Bowl snacks as, as a part of a rigorous were, testing. <laughs> yes, we were part of that team that determined what were the best chips and crackers, whether they had a good crunch or if they were too salty. The texture of them. I the, mean, it's, it was it's a, real science and act. I donate my body every day <laughs> for the American public. No, it was a really rigorous test. And it, we had all those um, different iPads or the tablets that we would use. And those were set up by me. Yes. Yeah, and it was no, it was really organized, and because there were so many different samples, so there are so many out there. And actually, we do a pre-screen on that. So our registered dietitian will first look at all of that and mm-hmm. vet it and make sure it meets her nutritional criteria. And then they were actually all blinded for you as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, you didn't know what you were eating, and we're trying not to bias people because you may be a Lay's fan or or whatnot. <laughs> and we like to remove that from our testing. So yeah, very specific protocol when we're testing things as well. Yeah. yeah, so for somebody who doesn't know what the Good Housekeeping Institute is, sure. explain it. So Good Housekeeping has been around for over 130 years and the Institute for about 118 years. Mm-hmm. And wow. uh, before there was the FDA and all these other government agencies, we were around telling consumers what's what, what to invest their time and money in. Um, so we test any product, good or service, uh, that a consumer would potentially use. So ranging from uh, beauty products, textiles, things that you would wear, Uh, Kitchen appliances from your refrigerator, your range, anything you'd find in the kitchen, home appliances and cleaning products, your washers, dryers, dishwashers, steamers, things like that. Uh, We have a catch-all lab, our engineering lab, and they do uh, predominantly consumer electronics, also automobile testing. Uh, Mm. So we sometimes will work with you guys. We'll also work with Mm -hmm. car and driver, run and track, some other Hearst titles. We get to go out to Michigan and... Uh, yeah, weekends I'm just driving different cars all the time. <laughs> we another another fun perk of a the job. Yeah, yeah, they just yeah. drop off cars for me. We're working at the wrong magazine, Katie. <laughs> come on no, up to, come on up I to know. 29. I'm like, I thought that we had some perks, yeah. but uh, no, de- some... definite perks up there. Uh, toy testing, we just you know we did during the summer. So part of my job is playing with toys. You know, That's yeah, cool. So I imagine like each of those things have very different 
like aspects that you're looking for, right? Or is there a baseline? Like what's the quality for each product that you're looking for? Sure, so there's kind of a similar approach to everything. We're looking at ease of use, we're looking at durability, ergonomics, performance, um, but then obviously specific criteria for whatever the product is and different ways that we're gonna be testing it. Um, so with beauty products, for instance, you know, we'll have consumers who are applying different products and telling us about it, um, but then we'll also use instrumentation. So that's what we tend to do, a combination of consumer and lab testing, where consumers will try it and give us kind of that anecdotal information. Mm -hmm. did, a, did a cream smell nice? You know, that's not something that we're going to be testing in the lab, but then within the lab, we can do different baselines to see, did it actually moisturize? Mm -hmm. And not just did it feel more moisturizing? So we do a combination of that kind of across all different products, but again, with kind of a different lens for each thing that we're doing. Yeah. So uh, the floor where you work is kind of, it's sort of like Tom Hanks' apartment in Big, but for like every room of the house, not just toys, there's like a room full of, like there's a giant kitchen and there's like With a room tons full of, of ovens and washing machines and our floor is run in complete isolation pretty much from the rest of the building so mm -hmm. we're kind really? of a self-sustained unit the floor above us is just for like venting in the hoods i mean you can't run 30 ranges on a floor here you know if we didn't have that kind yeah. of capability That's so, That's um, so cool. i did not we, know that <laughs> we have a climatology room so we're able to mimic different temperatures and humidities across the country so if we're testing something we can say if you were to use this you know hair product in florida this is how your hair is going to fare so mm -hmm. we're able to to change kind of parameters we'll put a refrigerator in that climatology room and we'll you know crank up the heat to 90 degrees 90 percent relative humidity so, that's so the if you're louisiana, louisiana that's yeah <laughs> yeah so if or louisiana or wherever wherever you yeah. are in the Florida. country that is yeah that's not here and if you know you left your house for a week and you know the heat gets to it how is your refrigerator going to fare so we're able to do things in the lab to adapt to kind of different um, ambient conditions. We also have a light room, so we can mimic different lighting. So we have all these different things that allow us to, to see how things would be in other places in the country. That's so cool. That's really cool. I know. I'm just like, whoa. Like, how <laughs> much blown. money does her spend on this? Like, a I'm, good investment, let me tell you. Yeah. I mean, again, it's something that has gone, if you look at the seal, it is an unblemished emblem that has been around for, you know, 100 plus years. How many things can you say that about? You know, so it's something yeah. that we're literally putting our money where our mouth is. The Good Housekeeping Seal, any product that we have on that, we take on a two-year limited warranty for those products. So if the product is found to be that. defective mm -hmm. um, and, and we've looked at it, we will then either refund you up to a certain amount or we will replace the product. My mom got Good Housekeeping for as long as I can remember. And when I told her that it was in the same building and that the lab was here, she was like, you have no idea what that <laughs> seal means. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's a... It's a I feel the need to do that name proud um, yeah. for that very reason. Uh, are you kind of in and out of all these different places? Like, So as chief technologist, you're touching all these different sort of product lines that are being tested. How does that work? How do you sort of keep an eye on all those things? I hoverboard around, you know, right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually the worst at hoverboarding. I um, I tend to bruise my knees all the time when I'm on oh, no. it, so <laughs> disclaimer there. Um, but yeah, I started in the engineering lab, so that's still kind of my baby. Technology and uh, trends there is still probably the thing that makes me most passionate. Um, but now I oversee everything. So I'll be in the beauty lab in the morning and kind of, you know, checking in, seeing how things are going. Um, I may be helping with a taste test because, you know, they need people to taste things, and I'm, I, I donate that time for that. Um, but, I, yeah, like you said, I'm kind of in and out of all the different labs. I'll be up and down. Uh, our editorial floor is on the floor below us and our ad sales team. Part of my job is also overseeing the Good Housekeeping SEAL program. So there's a lot of different facets of what I'm doing that involve me kind of hopping all around the Hearst building. How do you 
then like bring all those individuals, like either the consumers or the scientists? Like how do you recruit people to work in your lab? Um, so in the last year or two, I would say we have about, I don't know, it's about tenfold the amount of testers that we have now. So um, we worked on creating a new database with uh, testers, and we have several thousand people across the country who test things for us now who are giving us, also just if we're doing surveying and things as well, mm -hmm. you know, giving us kind of insights on things just more generally speaking. Um, but people are usually, like you guys, really happy to do it. They're getting <laughs> to see products before they come out. They're getting to get a skin cream, you know, albeit one that has been um, electrical taped around so they don't know what the product is. Yeah. My, my husband always jokes, he has no idea what shampoo he's using because everything in my house is blinded. We just have, <laughs> like, masking or electrical tape around every product in our house. So we're constantly testing at home, too. That's and I have no idea what it is that we're testing. Um, so it's pretty, it's actually pretty easy to get testers. Mm -hmm. um, but certain times we need very specific testers. So if we're testing a hair dye, that requires a specific subset. So the larger our pool is, the easier it is for, for us to find testers for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it sounds like you almost, you there's you kind of have to know like survey techniques, but you also have to know the engineering to figure out what is the actual test. Yeah, I mean, I think it takes a certain mindset. It's a very analytical you know, way in which we're approaching these things so that it's testing things as fairly across things. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's a job that requires a lot of different hats, a lot of different kind of mindsets and skills, and thankfully it's one that kind of speaks to a lot of the things that I really enjoy. Yeah, can you walk us through what a testing process might be for, I don't know, you pick the product? Part of it is editorial, so we're figuring out, you know, what is trending right now? So if we're seeing all of a sudden, a beauty is a, a, for instance, there were the BB creams and then there were the CC creams, DD creams, you know, like it was, the list was ongoing. So we were continually, I don't know what any of those none things of are. those things. <laughs> so makeup, Kevin, cre just makeup. creams. Yeah. <laughs> things, things that you put on your face and your body. So as things were trending, we decided, okay, it's time for us to test this. Um, likewise, you know, we're seeing a lot of things in the smart home. So we'll say, you know, what is the thing that our consumer is going to want the most? You know, probably they're most interested in something that's, you know, pretty easy to start with. Maybe let's go with light bulbs. So let's do mm -hmm. all smart light bulbs. So kind of more of an editorial process around that, also looking at um, kind of research along what's selling right now, and also just feedback from our readers. So that's how we start with the testing. Again, probably similar to how you guys look at things from an editorial perspective. From there, though, um, that's when we kind of put on our engineering hats, and we'll, we'll set different screening criteria. So if we're looking at TVs, we may only look at 4K televisions that are, you know, usually we look across different price points because our readership is so widespread, um, but we will set very specific parameters and we just try to be as transparent as possible. You know, right now, because 4Ks are going to be widespread, you know, that's pretty much what will be available in the stores. That's what we're going to look at. We're going to set a specific size, let's say 55 inches because we're doing it for the living room. So mm -hmm. now across the board, you know, trying to look at it apples to apples, we're looking at 55 inch 4K screens. And then from there, we'll, we'll come up with the criteria. So everything we're doing in advance, a lot of these things, we kind of have the methodology in place over time. We'll come up with very specific metrics, some of them consumer-based, some of them lab-based that we'll have very quantifiable information for. So beforehand, um, the editors as well as the engineers all get together and we kind of look through this process and we make sure, okay, we feel really good about kind of the approach that we're doing in terms of testing it. And then when we test it, we blind to the best of our ability all of the products, and then we kind of follow, you know, the criteria that we've come up with in advance. So it's a combination, again, of kind of this very 
um, you know, regimented scientific approach to things, but mm-hmm. also bringing in, for us, it's important for a consumer that it's not just living in a static lab environment, but it's something, how is it going to work in their everyday life? Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the biggest differentiator for us from a lot of these other testing publications. A lot of them may look specifically at performance, um, where for us, it, it has to perform well. That's kind of the bottom benchmark. And yeah. then we're layering on, you know, all these other things, you know, is it something that you would actually use in your life? If you're testing a shower head, how did it feel? Did it wash out the water quick enough in your hair? Not just like when you're testing it on a mannequin, was it able to rinse out the shampoo and conditioner? Mm-hmm. But now we have real live test subjects. How are, how's it faring with them? So so how did, how did you end up there, by the way? Like what was your, you know, which, which part of this? You said you started in the engineering lab. Mm-hmm. So you studied engineering. Was it a certain type? Like how, how do you end up being a product tester? A lot of luck. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> a little bit of luck. But um, my background was mechanical engineering and mathematics, um, and I kind of focused on product design and development. And I had no idea this job existed um, in a million years. It's not something that I would have thought of. Um, but uh, I had a, a, a colleague who was looking for the next test engineer. And he had gone to my school, and he kind of re- was looking for recruiting there. And he reached down and said, you know, would you be interested in this to our undergraduate advisor? And he said, you know what, I think I have the right person for you. Mm. Um, my family background is consumer electronic distribution. So literally oh. from the womb, dinner talk was just like skews of models of television. That was just <laughs> like... That was, what we, that was what we talked about. And I had a Sega Genesis collection of like a thousand plus games by the time I was five years old. So <laughs> this was just the world that I lived in. And I, I lived and breathed consumer electronics my entire life. Yeah. Um, so when they were looking for a mechanical engineer who liked gadgets and was kind of a people person, you know, my name sprung to mind uh, for my advisor. And he's like, would you be interested in this? And I was like, oh, a dream job? Sure, that sounds great. <laughs> and uh, the rest is kind of history, so. What was the first thing you you tested when you got here? Toy testing was one of the first tests. It was not the first. I think it was like the second one. And that was like, I was like this is the best thing ever. I get to play with toys. But um, it actually wound up being a very regimented test. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny. You wouldn't think of toys as being as such. Um, but you know, we tested for safety and as you were saying, you know, it's, it's something that the weight kind of carries on you. You want to make sure that I'm delivering safe products into American households, but then of course it has to be fun too. So then we get, you know, as you guys know, we, we have hundreds of kids come into Mm -hmm. the labs to then test these products. But if I tell you that the amount of work that goes into get before those kids come in here, it is, you know, three months of nonstop Um, looking at all the testing documentation for it, actually testing the products, making sure it's not going to be a choking hazard, have any pinch points on it. So a lot of work goes into it to then kind of get to that fun element of having you guys come in and test um, whether it's snacks or toys or whatnot. And kind of seeing it from that lens and then seeing it translate onto the page for me was just, it was this amazing moment where I'm really getting to impact American households and what they're doing. And people are coming up to me and saying like, thank you, you made my you know, holiday shopping that much easier. It was just something that was really nice. And um, you know, or if someone's like, you know, I have a child who's interested in STEM, can you offer up toys? Of course I can do that. So yeah. it's, ki- it's kind of that element of it as well. Or as my friends are moving into homes, you know, what refrigerator to buy, what, <laughs> what dishwasher, and, and kind of having that knowledge and insights, it's a, it's a really cool thing. I was going to say. You like, should come shopping with me at Best Buy. At Best Buy? Yeah, at Best Buy, uh, at Bed Bath & Beyond, my sister. When she Are you like an encyclopedia? You're just like, no. Yes, I was going to no. say, yeah, is no, it no, annoying no. though? Like, do you have all of your, fri- of your friends always ask you like, what's to, the I'm, best? No, this? I mean, like again, like I love what I do, so it's fun for me. Um, but I wanted to kill my sister the last time I went to Bed Bath & Beyond with her because, <laughs> you know, we were, we were in there for like three hours and she'd be like, you know, the water purifier. And she would pick said water, water purifier. And I'd say, no, you want to get the zero water one. And she's like, 
why? And so every single product category that we went through, I then had to explain to her. And why? I'm like, just trust me. I'm like, you know, I've been there. I've been there forever. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, it's the best one. Um, so anyway, oh. America may trust me, but my sister still doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I guess your husband probably buys like the wrong one of things. Oh, a he lot. knows not to buy things. He just doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's, come on. <laughs> no, he def- he defers to me. It was funny. We actually did a, a big survey on uh, American households, and for the most part. Um, you are seeing, I mean, for a long time we've known this, um, that women are kind of the CEO of the household. But we were seeing the kind of increase in which they're thinking of themselves as the CTO. They're the ones who are, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's it's moms. They may be, um, you know, taking care of what the kids are on. They want to know, you know, what, what are the apps that they're on? What are they doing? What are they mm-hmm. capable of? Or they're the ones who are setting up the wireless and fixing it if it goes down. Um, and when it comes to a lot of purchases around the household, they heavily influence are the ones who are making the 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 purchasing decision so that's fascinating yeah definitely in my household i love you husband (laughs) (laughs) so i have a couple questions about this kind of interplay between real life since you're somebody who uses a lot of the things that you test and your testing processes so one is my three-month-old has already tested on on the order of 40 different uh baby gadgets so (laughs) doesn't even know doesn't Doesn't even know how useful they are (laughs) that's crazy still helpless but not not unhelpful yeah. yeah. Well, I, well, I was I was thinking yeah. about it actually because we just did. Uh, Katie actually worked on this big coffee, like new coffee technology mm-hmm. kind of blowout, and one of the coffee makers we got in is one that I have at home, but it's but the one I have is from three years ago or something, mm-hmm. and I guess they changed the the filter basket to flat bottom mm-hmm. to like bat to I guess they're called basket filters versus like the cone yeah. filters, mm-hmm. and our other editor who worked on it with Katie pointed out that with the cone filters like I have the. It, the filter doesn't sit very well, and so it can bump against the top. And when you're putting it in and out, it's really annoying. And that's always annoyed me, but I never, I never consciously realized that was yeah. the problem until he was like, "Well, they actually changed it now." And then it made me think that's such a subtle thing to cause you to to change your filter design. But that must be how you're thinking all the time. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, we always get uh, commentary back from our readers. So beyond just the you know rating it on a scale of one to five, different aspects of a product. We also just kind of give open-ended, so we'll find out different things that may be lost otherwise. And then we will adopt our tests for it. Um, our readers are uh, knowledgeable and also very opinionated. Um, how are good housekeeping readers, like are they, peop- like what do you often find that they're telling you? We have every person under the sun at good housekeeping. So I think that that <laughs> is a really fun aspect of it. Um, but can at times be challenging. You know, we we talk about home fashion. Um, all these different elements go into our lifestyle magazine. And then we're also speaking to people who are, you know, 15 years old and who are 95 years old mm-hmm. and people who have, you know, a lower household income and people who have a really high one. So we're literally speaking to every archetype of person. Um, so figuring out how to kind of cater to all these different elements is definitely a challenge, but also something exciting and wonderful um but yeah we definitely have opinionated readers but we also just have people who kind of you know more of a sit back reader and just are enjoying what they're taking in Mm -hmm. um so i think that that's one thing that we can say that we have a very savvy reader um but any any person that you can think of is probably an archetype of somebody who reads good housekeeping yeah. In, in terms of being opinionated, have you found that you yourself have become more opinionated as a tester? Like with your apartment where presumably there was already a stove there or something, are there like things about that stove that just drive you crazy because now... I've always been. Yeah. The, <laughs> that, that was part of my DNA and part of my blood. Um, I think also just the way an engineer walks into a room is different. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you walk into a line in a room and you just see, you know, different lines and, and you take it in in a different way. Um, I think non-engineers too. There are certain people who kind of kind of do that as well, but it's kind of a mindset and a, and a, a way of thinking. So I would say I've always been that way. I definitely fill out more um, cards now, like in places when they ask for <laughs> feedback. Because I'm like, yes, I would like to give you feedback. I think you would find this very helpful. That's interesting. Um, so I that, always... that is, yeah, that's something that has changed since working at this job. But in terms <laughs> of the way that I see things and look at things, no, I've always kind of had that lens uh, on products and things that I'm using. So you were talking about testing them for what they say they do. Have you ever proven a product wrong? Like they say that all the time. Yes. Okay. <laughs> how do you handle that? Like, what is, how does that look? Uh, very much depends. It depends upon, you know, what we're testing it for, how we were testing it. Um, you know, a, a good instance that we have up on display on, on our floor was the Pirate's Booty Scandal, where they claimed to have two and a half grams of fat per serving, and they really had eight and a half grams of fat per serving. Oh. Um, so uncovering something like that. So sometimes uh, just by, by testing it, we may uncover things. Um, we're not in the business of trying to kind of, you know, sensationalize things. A lot Mm -hmm. of people who may get similar findings to what we do kind of really play it up and kind of impact a little bit of, impart a little bit of fear almost. Sensationalize. Yeah, sensationalize. And that's really not what we're about. We're about kind of telling you what's the best things for you to be using. If you are using something that could potentially be dangerous or is really bad, you know, we'll, we'll inform you of that as well. But our job is really just to tell you as Kind of the way your your best friend would tell you, you know, mm-hmm. these are this is awesome. I love this. Why did I love this? What about this was great? So thinking of us as kind of like that really, in, you, you, we all have that. We all have a friend who's like super informed, knows different products and things like that. And we're yeah. kind of that, but on a much larger scale and on a much more scientific scale. I'm sure there's like product categories that exist now that didn't even exist mm-hmm. when you started. And I'm wondering when you're faced with something that's completely new, how do you figure out how you're going to test it? Um. So... VR and AR are obviously two emerging categories that didn't exist when I, they existed, but they weren't being tested. Kind right, of for consu- consumer yeah, They weren't consumer yeah. devices at that point. 3D printers, um, mm-hmm. a lot of the connected home stuff. So again, it's kind of the same approach that we're taking on all these things. How are consumers going to use it? Um, so in terms of the use case of the product, is it easy to use if you're doing a VR headset? Is it easy to to set up? Is it easy to use? It is, is it easy to navigate? Um, whatever the product is, what is it delivering on? So if it's a VR headset, you know, what is the, how is the quality of the, of the picture, of the sound, of, of all these things? So it's kind of looking at it in these kind of buckets of um, overarching type things. So mm-hmm. ease of use, performance, kind of those things that we keep coming back to um, and figuring out through the use, um, you know, what would be the best criteria for, for vetting this and how would we test it? So again, combination of these very regimented testing. So if we're doing something like uh, picture quality, you know, we're looking at all of them kind of across uh, at one, at, one at a time uh, next to each other. Um, but then also kind of the more anecdotal things that you can't kind of quantify in the, in the same uh, capacity of just, you know, was it intuitive to use? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And is there, are there things that are sort of, that are like hard to test? Like are there certain products that are just, whether it's Christmas because- trees, probably like the bane of my existence. That was actually, that was my very first test. Thank you. Reminder. <laughs> um, so I am Jewish. I had never tested. I had never had a Christmas tree. I had never set up a Christmas tree. And day one, they're like, here, set up this Christmas tree. Um, it had come in for the good housekeeping seal. And um, I did not want to come off as 
you know, not very intelligent or not <laughs> capable of doing my job. But that was probably the most difficult thing for me. And they're also big and cumbersome and all these things. Yeah. So um, I eventually did it. Um, They've improved s- a lot over the years. Yeah, no, the yeah, definitely. The um, Christmas tree. It was actually a balsam hill tree, which is actually very easy to set up should you know that you know, a Christmas tree is set up in said fashion, which I had no idea about <laughs> prior to this. Um, so yeah, that that's like one test that I don't really like. Um, there's certain um, kind of testing devices that will use instrumentation that I enjoy more than others. Um, I like the drop tester, I, you know, when I want to kind of get out some anger if I'm dropping something or we have a flammability chamber and I can set things on fire. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of save different tests for different times of day per se or you know the week you know on friday i'm gonna light things on fire um so things like that um so more instrumentation i find fun um is the drop tester just like a place where the ground is clear and you can throw things no it's like a mechanical arm that in the same you know same angle of inclination same speed and we can choose what height it's at Um, it's like a, a standard piece of equipment um, so you're not just use. standing there dropping things. No, I mean sometimes I do, but that's not for work. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 a mechanical arm that we use. Yeah, it's funny. The things that you would think would be really awesome actually are really not great in my mind. So something like televisions, like we have to watch Avatar, let's say, on repeat. You get really <laughs> sick of Avatar, or if you're if you're doing headphone testing, it's like, oh, this is cool. I get to listen to music, but you're listening to the same songs over and over again, and you want to kill yourself after you know a while. So the things that most people would probably be like, oh my god, that's amazing. I I, I tend to find less so, and the things that you would be like, oh, that's kind of boring, or you would you would think it's kind of mundane, actually wind up being the most exciting, like getting to set a Christmas tree on fire or something. Yeah. Um, what's your uh, what's your best story about some kind of mishap during a test? Less so a mishap, but like my my most surprising experience uh, with testing, I was doing uh, a TV segment with Anderson Cooper and Martin Short was on that day. And I had to play straight guy to Anderson Cooper and Martin Short. And I was just like, what world am I in? Like I studied mechanical (laughs) engineering and mathematics and I'm on national television with Anderson Cooper and Martin Short. And I'm like (laughs) trying to keep my face straight and I'm in a lab coat and I have like my goggles on and we're talking about infomercial products of all things. Um, And it was just like one of those magical moments. And that's our show. Higher World Works is produced by the staff of Popular Mechanics and edited by Jesse Wright Mendoza. We'd like to thank Sarah Bentley and Andy Bowers from Panoply and Popular Mechanics editor-in-chief Ryan D'Agostino. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes. And while you're there, leave us a comment. We'd love to know what you think. And don't forget to check out our other show, The Most Useful Podcast Ever. If you want to read more about product testing, check out our website, popularmechanics.com. And while you're there, you can subscribe to the print and digital editions of our magazine for just $13.99 for one year. I'm Kevin Dupsick. Thanks for listening.